Now it's time for the Disney View Podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle Tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, as you may hear in the background, I am in the land of Pandora, and the uh, drums are beating uh, furiously next to me, but uh, that's because I'm in the animal kingdom. And uh, there's a story that goes along with this that I wanted to share with you. So my daughter was invited to go with her school on a school trip up to the animal kingdom. Now, one of the great things about living in Florida is you have opportunities from time to time to visit the theme parks. And a lot of the uh, local schools will do programs where they have a one-day trip where they take you up to the, uh, to the park and uh, you get to spend the day there. And I remember doing this when I was in elementary and middle school and even into high school. And they offer it to many different age uh, kids. It's an opportunity to go up. And what, the way they work it out is Disney works with some charter bus company or the school board works with the charter bus company and Disney offers a package deal, basically. You get, uh, for one price, you get the bus, you get um, the uh, admission ticket, and you also get uh, two meal vouchers. So you get uh, lunch and dinner, basically. And it's a pretty good deal. When I was growing up, we didn't have the lunch and dinner option, but then the meal prices were so much smaller, it really didn't make sense. You get, the, uh, you get your book of tickets, and you could just buy more tickets and whatever. But anyway, the idea is the same, that you can come up and actually enjoy the parks. So my daughter had an opportunity to come up, and... She's a little younger than I was the first time I went, but it was one of those things where she made a compelling argument why she should be able to go and actually found a way to pay for it herself. Uh, she actually did some work. She sold lemonade, and she walked dogs, and she did all kinds of other things to pay for it, so hard to say no when she's being an entrepreneur. She really wanted to go with her friends. So we booked the ticket for her and uh, the bus and everything, and what a great deal, and uh, she was very excited to come up. And then as she was thinking about it more, she goes, Daddy, will you come with me? And I'm like, how could I say no to something like that? And the teacher actually needed an extra set of hands to be able to uh, help with the kids because she's got a class of 18, and she needs all the help she can get to keep the 18 kind of under control because at this age group, fourth graders, they try to keep them all together for the day. As you get older, they'll let you break up into smaller groups, but uh, for the younger kids, they keep them together as a, uh, as a group. So... A little challenging, and I said, sure, I can go. You know, I've got my annual pass. And the oh-by-the-way moment, the oh-gotcha moment, was that I realized that I could have bought her an annual pass and just brought her up because, obviously, you're in a public space. You can just kind of join in with the group and just hang out with your friends, and you don't have to worry about it. So I wound up driving up on my own, meeting up with them, and then uh, leaving after they left. So kind of an odd sequence of events, and I could have handled it differently, perhaps, and maybe would have had a more cost-effective way if I'd have just bought her an uh, annual pass and brought her back myself. But I didn't, so it's okay. I mean, it's really not a huge deal. It worked out that she was able to go. And it was really interesting to see the perspective from her point of view. Like I said, I did it as a kid many times. And I remember going and having a great time, just having the best time. Now, of course, when I was a kid, we only had the Magic Kingdom until 
think it was my sophomore year in high school, then we had the uh, Epcot open. But we only had the Magic Kingdom to go to. So we'd go to the Magic Kingdom every year. And it was so awesome. It was so much fun. We'd get on the bus at 5 o'clock in the morning, and we'd get home at 11 o'clock at night, and we'd spend the day in the Magic Kingdom. And I remember my friends and I going off and doing different things and having some fun and just kind of tooling around and really taking it in ourselves. Each year, we'd, we'd kind of challenge ourselves to do something a little bit different than we did the year before. And it was a lot of fun. I remember um, one year, the way we did it was we'd have to go we'd get off the bus and we'd have to check in like two or three times during the day, but otherwise we were on our own to do whatever we wanted. And so we'd actually get on the monorail and like go over to contem- the Contemporary and we'd go to the game room and play games for an hour and then we'd come back to the uh, Magic Kingdom. You know, at the time, it was only the Magic Kingdom, so it, it, it had a certain charm to it. But once you went a few times, you'd seen everything. You, you know, and you were going... I was going at least that once a year through the school trips and my parents would take me other times. So... You know, you, you start to feel like you're, it's home almost. And so you want to kind of challenge yourself to do some other things. So going and actually playing video games was kind of fun. And there were the early edition video games and some of the other things they had there. But it was a lot of fun. And we, we found a way to, to kind of challenge ourselves to do more. And uh, it was really neat. And I remember it from that point of view, being, you know, like a 13 and 14-year-old kind of remembering what it looks like. But here it was being on the other side of it as the chaperone. And it was a completely different experience. It's really odd being out there and uh, chasing around 18, you know, uh, preteen kids who were running around and just having a great time. Uh, you know, again, it was up at 5 in the morning and, you know, getting back at 11 o'clock at night. But this time I had to make sure that I was up and ready to go and ready to do everything and get myself going. And it was much harder to get myself going and uh, kind of be up there. And then chasing the kids around, man, it's a grind, you know, making sure they're all there. We... Um, inadvertently, I'll say, misplaced one of the kids along the way. It wasn't that we lost him. He just kind of wandered away from the group for a couple of minutes. We found him again. Um, no big deal. And it's one of those things where Disney is such a great place. If, if you lose somebody like that, you're going to find them. I mean, there's really no... It's a very limited risk, unlike other places you might go, where you might feel that it's a real challenge to find the kids and you might be really worried. You know, I was, I was basically not at all worried because that's who I am. But anyway, we... Um, we had a good time, you know, kind of trying to keep the kids together and do everything. And I was talking to the other parents and we were having some fun with it. And I kept calling it like goat herding. You know, you're just trying to bring them together and just make them go in one direction. And uh, it was a really interesting experience because they had gotten three fast passes for them. So everybody went on the, uh, the couple of fast passes uh, attractions that they had. And um, then the uh, teacher would ask them, well, what do you want to do next? And she would let them vote on it. It was very clever. And she goes, majority rules. And then at the end, it was, has to be unanimous, right, when they started to get toward the end. And uh, majority came up with some interesting ideas for things they wanted to do. They wound up doing, let's see, Dinosaur in the Primeval World over in the uh, Dino, Dino Land. They went on Expedition Everest, the Cali Ripper, River Rapids, the um, Kilimanjaro Safari, and think that's it if I remember and it was interesting because they had some other things that they wanted to do but they kind of ran out of time that's always the problem you know you try to get in line and you do something and they chose to go on Everest again primeval world again and to actually go and uh, do the uh, the uh, Cali River Rapids again so they did all three of those twice and the funny thing was they never made it over to um, the animal uh, the uh, Pandora which was kind of funny to me because I would have assumed that they'd want to do Pandora but they didn't make it over there. And I thought that was kind of odd that they didn't, <laughs> they didn't go to Pandora. They just uh, stayed outside of it. So I took the time, after everyone left, since I was traveling on my own, 
so I took the time to go over to Pandora and do something myself and found that I wanted to try and do some things. So I went to this Thule Cafe. I'd never been in there and uh, found that that was, um, it was good. I, you know, I found the food to be fresh and nice and I liked the combination of flavors that they put together there. It was pretty tasty. I got the chicken bowl and I thought, you know, it was really nice. It was well done, well executed. Walked away full and, uh, you know, very tasty kind of meal. So very happy with that. And then it was um, late in the day already and I had a choice. I could either do the Navi River Journey or the Flight of Passage. And I really want to do the Flight of Passage, but there was a difference in the uh, time that it was available. The Flight of Passage had an 80-minute wait, and the uh, Navi River Journey was under 30. And I was like, wow, you know, I'm already tired from being here all day. Waiting in line for 80 minutes doesn't seem like a winning idea to me. And plus, I'm only going to get to pick one for today. So I chose to do the uh, Navi River Journey. And, yeah, well, here's my thought about that. Well, I finally made it on the Navi River Journey. Waited in line, and here I go.
ting lau. My first impression is going to be the impression I'm going to go with here. Okay, I'm not a fan of um, the whole Avatar franchise. I don't really care for the film. I don't really understand the storyline. So sitting through the Navi River journey was kind of lost on me. It's that cross between It's a Small World and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And to me, it didn't work. It, yeah, I, like, I like the effects they use. There's some cool visual effects between some uh, mechanical things that they do, a few... Uh, of the uh, bioluminescent things that they do, where it's really just um, UV UV lighting and some uh, some uh, paint, and then they have some projected images that they use to kind of augment things. So it's clever and it's cute, but do I love it? Well, no. <laughs> um, yeah, not convinced that it was uh, really worth waiting for, honestly. I mean, that's just my opinion of it, and I can be wrong. You can think I'm wrong. That's okay. I'm all right with that if you think I'm wrong. It's just the way I saw it. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Not, like, the greatest thing I've ever done. Not horrible, but I don't get it. But anyway, that's okay. That's my thought on it. Now, back to uh, the time with my daughter. I, you know, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on my podcast. My daughter is actually adopted, so I don't know much about her birth parents. My two sons are biological, so I totally understand them, and I get them, and I know what they're all about. I know why they, why they do some of the things they do. For her, 
I have to see her through different eyes. I have to learn to understand her in some ways because there's things she does that are very different than, you know, the, the hereditary things that my family does. So I find it really interesting. She's very outgoing and she's very in control of every situation. And I saw her in a different light. I, I understood her differently. This was like a trip where I walked away from it going, wow, I have a better feeling for who you are than I ever had before, which I find kind of intriguing. And I, I think that, thought that was kind of interesting. So this became more, more of a different kind of trip than I thought it was going to be. I, you know, I set out to just kind of be with her and have some fun with her, but I got to know her on a different level. And that was really kind of neat. It was kind of a special moment. So Animal Kingdom will always hold a special place in my heart because I actually gained some new knowledge about her. That's something that I didn't understand. I thought that was kind of cool. Anyway, I became the resident expert, of course, because I happen to know uh, the parks. So they'd turn to me and go, well, we want to go to so-and-so. How do we get there? Oh, I'll take you over there. Oh, can you look at the app and see how long the wait time is for that? Sure, no problem. You know, those kinds of things where I became the expert. And they'd ask me questions about where things were or what they should do next. Even though they, um, the teacher had more of the plans in mind, um, things she had in mind to do, I was the one who was the, uh, the, the expert who was kind of guiding them around and making sure that they didn't crisscross too much, even though they had to crisscross a little bit based on some of the things they were doing. And Animal Kingdom, because of the way it's laid out, it's kind of hard sometimes. You wind up crisscrossing kind of in silly ways just because of the nature of the uh, design of the park. But uh, it was really pretty cool. It was, uh, it was kind of neat. It was fun to be the expert and uh, fun to be around and just helping everybody get there. You know, I was, of course, the bag holder every time. So when the kids would go ride the uh, Cali River Rapids, you know, they had their fast passes already. I didn't have a fast pass. They'd actually say to me, could you hold my bags for me? And I'd wind up taking everybody's bag, <laughs> which was kind of funny. I had a little fun with that because it kept happening that, uh, yeah, they'd keep giving me their stuff or handing me something or asking me to do something for them. And that was, that was actually kind of cool. Um, <laughs> you know, I became more like dad to everyone in a way. It was kind of interesting. It was, uh, you know, I became this sort of, uh, sort of, you know, the father figure for the moment, uh, just in the moment, helping them out with some of the little things they were doing. But it was fun. I mean, it was a, I really did enjoy myself. It was uh, one of those totally memorable days that you walk away from and you go, wow, that was, that was fun and I would do it again tomorrow. Um, you know, and next time I might do it differently. I might actually take her with me uh, and we'd use an annual pass to go and just meet up with the group rather than doing it that way. You know, it's one of those things where you're in an open space so you could, if you wanted to, kind of change your approach to it a little bit. I don't know. I'd have to think about that and whether that's the right thing to do because she did enjoy driving, riding the bus. And she did enjoy taking an old iPhone with her and texting me along the way and just, you know, having some fun with it. It, it built it a lot more. It was fun to interact with her and, uh, you know, just be a part of something. It was cool. Really enjoyable. Um, it was one of those very special days that you just, you know, you don't get very often that where the park turned into something else. I didn't know what to expect. You know, I just went into it with an open mind because I've been to the park so many times. It's kind of doesn't matter to me much anyway. Um, as far as that goes, I don't have any specific things I want to do. So I just kind of listened and paid attention and did what they wanted to do. And it was, it was kind of fun. Uh, you know, let the uh, group mindset happen and, and do some fun things. And one last thing before I let you go. I told you before I was going to come up with a video series. I wanted to do something that was more of a historical look at uh, the Walt Disney World Resort. And I've started to create that content. And I've got something that I'm calling Lost and Found at Walt Disney World. So what you'll find is this is kind of a fun look at some historical things, things that happened when the Walt Disney World uh, Resort was being built, kind of the lead up to it being built, some of the things that have been there in the past that are now gone, 
and also some historical things that have happened in and around the Walt Disney World Resort that really have nothing to do with Disney other than having taken place there. So I hope it'll be a fun look at some of the history of Walt Disney World, and I hope you'll check it out. You can find a link to it in my show notes page. There's a YouTube page for it that I've created for it uh, that I won't try to read the URL, URL for. But I will tell you that if you go to feeds.feedburner.com slash lostwdw, you'll be taken to the page as well. That's the feed for it. Uh, so you can kind of follow along that way. You can subscribe to it that way, uh, kind of get you started. But uh, check out at the bottom of my show notes page. Uh, I'll, have, I'll have a link to the uh, actual page there. So I hope you'll check it out and enjoy it. And let me know your feedback and what you think. So far, I've got one video out there that will probably grow over time. I've got a whole bunch of ideas and things that I'm working on. So that one's just to kind of get you started. So there you go. That's my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 